Better than this, guys, being dudes here on the Draft Dudes podcast presented by Locked On. It's Joe Marino and Kyle Krabs from the Draft Network, and we are your hosts here on this Thursday edition of the show. We are going to talk about some big uglies today. Kyle, welcome. I have some devastating news to start the podcast. Wow, what's started off on a devastating note? Do you remember two summers ago? When we had our fidget spinner kick. Yep, got mine right here on my desk. Here it is. Hear it. Beautiful. Yeah, always now. Rolling. What else did we have a kick with that summer? You really think? Um, well, give me a hint. Was it like a food item? Was it? It's a clothing item. Oh yeah, what were those things? Uh, uh, male rompers. Yeah, the company that the Romp Him company is closing their doors. Jill. Oh, geez. And you never got one. Joke's on you. I got one yesterday on sale. No, you didn't. Yes, I did. No, you didn't. You. <laughs> oh, man. And you're in peak physical condition to wear it? I'm going to break out the male Romp Him in Vegas for the draft. Oh, my God. Oh, this is not the news I was expecting. Okay. This is, but Kyle, <laughs> brother, you've been eating salads four times a day for the last two years of your life for this moment. I know. I just got to find like, have you the put it perfect... on yet? No, it, I ordered it online. I haven't gotten it yet. It was that they, <sighs> because they're closing up shop. Like everything was 75% off. So I went online last night when I, when I heard the news and I got, I ordered one online and before their inventory ran out because like most of their stuff had already been cleaned out. So I'm like, all right, like what's something that I could realistically see myself wear, but also has my size. So that was like, I, how do you even know what your size is? They have a size chart. You just like get a tape measure out and you're trying to figure it out. If you're between sizes, I am 10 times out of 10 going to go the size under. <laughs> Must be nice, Kyle. <laughs> Does your wife support this? Is she on brand with this or on board? She doesn't is know. She doesn't know. Devastated. Does she oh, she no. is devastated. She says, you will not bring that into our house. I said, you watch me. I got the expedited <laughs> shipping, so I make sure that I'll be the one that gets it. And it's not going to come when I'm in Indy for the combine. <sighs> It's just a shame you didn't have it in time for like your Valentine's, whatever you're doing. Assuming yeah, you're doing no. something. You know, we're doing something. Yeah. All right. Good. Good. I celebrated last night. So good. Times yeah, are tough. You, know, no? you went, out, went out with Trevor and uh, Alyssa. I, I did. And I feel, I feel bad about that to an extent. Um, but yeah, it was nice. It was our first night away from the, uh, the baby. So uh, we enjoyed a lovely meal with Trevor. Fun and fact. The baby wears rompers all the time. She, she sure does. She's also a baby, Kyle, and not a 30-year-old man. Oh, this well, is great. You made my yeah. day. 
You made my day. And it was completely optional for you to put this on the podcast. You went for it. And we have uh, we have great material now to uh, to reflect upon and look forward to. Yeah, we got something to look forward to in Vegas. I cannot wait to go to like the Bellagio buffet in a male romper. God. Oh, you okay? Yep. This is great. Everybody come to Vegas and hang out with the draft network. (laughs) So today on the show, Joe, you brought this idea this morning. Who is offensive tackle five? which is a very compelling discussion and conversation because there's a lot of options for offensive tackle five. I think anybody that you talk to is going to have some combination of the same guys, Jedrick Wills, Mackay Becton, Andrew Thomas, and Tristan Wirfs. That's going to be everybody for the most part, their top four offensive tackle prospects. Behind that, it gets really interesting really quick. Yeah, it sure does. And, um, you know, I think that they're starting caliber players beyond them. I'm not super confident that they're like year one starting caliber players. And we've seen offensive linemen have an increasingly difficult time transitioning to the NFL and making meaningful impacts right away. So that further concerns me about these guys being ready to go early on. But we've got a lot of names to dig into after that group of four. And I I've kind of got some clarity in my own mind about who I think the next guy is and who the next guy after that is, but I think mm-hmm. there's some names to get into here. And I guess, I guess we can start. You want to start with Austin Jackson from USC? Well, real quick, let's set the table. I have TDN's consensus rankings up right now. Yep, so do I. And our current listing is Wills, Werfs, Becton, and Thomas all in the top 20. And then you drop, and then we've got a cluster of four that includes Austin Jackson, who you just mentioned, Prince Tago Wanahu from Auburn, Lucas Nyang from TCU, and Josh Jones from Houston. Mm-hmm. And then there's another like little tier below that in the top 100 with uh, City Charles from LSU, who's super toolsy, Isaiah Wilson, and Ben Barch, the D3 St. John's kid who came to the Senior Bowl and had a great showing. Yeah. Some so- people might put Matt Pert from UConn in that group as well. Not not everybody on our staff has gotten on board. I think he's a little bit more of a developmental guy. So that just kind of sets the table on some of the names we're going to be talking about. And I think I think that that tier of four, that next tier of four, is is the exact same tier I have on my personal board at this time. And I I think we should probably focus a lot of our time there. Um, yeah. So I picked Austin Jackson because it's random. He's not my next guy, but I think for a lot of people, he may be the next guy. And when you look at mock drafts. You know, I I see him a lot in the first round. I, I see him a lot to the Miami Dolphins with that. Is it pick 26 they have? Yeah. Yeah. Is. I hope not. Yeah. I see that a lot too. And I'm like, oh, that I hope so because Jerry Hughes is going to have his way with Austin Jackson. Um, So look, here's the deal with, with Austin Jackson. You, you watch him play. He's got the long levers. He's six, six. Um, he actually handles speed pretty well, in my opinion, in terms of uh, being able to, from time to time, frame those rushers and use that length to really elongate those paths. Here's the deal, man. Like, I feel like he's Greg Little in a lot of ways, and that is not a compliment. I know that the Panthers took him in the high second round last year. I think they actually traded up a little bit to get him, but he was not a player that I I valued in that range, and it really came down to body control and balance and being able to absorb contact and be able to hold your anchor and set that consistent base and not fold at the waist and not get your weight too far out over in front of your toes. And I just feel he's just so loose with all of that stuff. And 
he's going to have to get that right if he's going to have a chance to really, you know, keep the width of the pocket going up against these really good pass rushers in the NFL. So I think there's just a lot of work here. I think he's a developmental starter, but I think the first round discussion is very, very rich when it comes to Austin Jackson. We watched the same player and came away with a lot of the same takeaways. Uh, Listed my best trait for him as his functional athleticism in space and and foot speed. Uh, His worst trait for me was technique across the board, footwork, pass sets, hand punch, hand placement. Uh, Balance for me was an issue where I thought he got really narrow in the base sometimes. I said Mm -hmm. he's not built top heavy, but there's times where he plays top heavy. Uh, stemming from killing his feet at first contact. Those, those feet need to keep moving. He needs to keep that base established. And uh, he's got good mobility. And, and when he gets his hands on guys and it's time to flip the hips and carry him past the, the peak of the, of the apex of the turn, he can be good in that space and he's got the length to do it. But everything before contact for him feels like a mess. And then even the the, the punch placement and timing is not, where you would want it to be. So from a physical tools perspective, 6'6", 310, a lot of length in his game. Light on his feet when he's not tasked with being very deliberate with widening angles on angular sets and stuff like that. Like That's where the plus quality shine through for Austin Jackson. I gave him a third-round grade on tape. Mm-hmm. Uh, Same. I, I, I can understand based on the tools and if you're going to bet on the developmental upside, why a team would take him top 50. And I wouldn't hammer him for it like I would a couple years ago, right? Like when we first got in the industry, it was really easy to say, well, it's a bad pick out of third round grade and he went top 40. And well, would I be crazy about it? No. Would I understand it? Yes. Is there a chance that it would work out? Absolutely. It is from us on the outside looking in, Joe, we've said this a number of times on the podcast, our grades, since we're not putting them through a filter of a single team, are more through the scope of risk assessment. And I see more risk with Austin Jackson than any of the other three names that are in the tier that he's in with Prince Tega, Lucas Nyang, and Josh Jones. Uh, One other quick note here on Austin Jackson, not to just keep piling on to the guy, but man, I never seen, well, I'm not going to say that's too strong. He has a big tendency to open up those hips just way too soon. And when you do that, you open all the rush angles up for that pass rusher. And Thinking back to that game, it was a bowl game, right, against Iowa this year, and and how oh ugh, yeah, he got whooped in that. Epinesa game. really just just took it to him, and so if you can be in an offense that's going to be like super quick, setty, like you know, like that's going to be his best course to playing right away. But you think about all that's on the plate of an NFL offensive tackle, and you feel like that's just going to take some time before he's a reasonable starter. Joe, before we go any further, I would like to interject here. And remind everybody about some of the offerings that we have over the Draft Network. We debuted TDM Premium uh, late in January, and it's been really cool to see all these draft fans kind of flock to what we're providing. And if you're not familiar with TDM Premium, uh, if you're familiar with the Draft Network, you know we have a mock draft simulator. Uh, We've introduced trades to that system. We've got some cool upgrades coming to that, including something that was revealed uh, yesterday on a, a 
development update that I provided for the website, which was we're going to be giving you guys a trade value chart. Since we used a hybrid of a number of different trade value charts to create our own value and then tested it historically. So there was some science that went into it. We understand uh, the people who have been using it so far have had a lot of success manufacturing, a lot of really cool trades. But one of the pieces of feedback was like, hey, what? how do we know how to value the pick? So that's something that we're going to be introducing that's also going to be a part of the premium features. We've got 32 team-specific draft guides coming out in April. We've got Ben, ben Selectus contextualized quarterback charting. I do a 2020 NFL draft prospectus. This will be my seventh year doing it. Ooh. Sixth year doing it. More than I can count on one hand. And it's got <laughs> 300 reports in it. Uh, it's an ad-free experience on the website. And then the TDN expert form, which is a really cool place. It's like social media. It's done through Slack. And when you sign up, you get a confirmation email that has a button in there to click and sign up for the Slack. And it's just got like hundreds of draft nicks in it talking about football literally all the time. It's so cool. Uh, it's $10.99 a month or my opinion I'm not a math guy, and I know Joe's not a math guy, but <laughs> $29.99 for 12 months versus $9.99 for one month. We'd love for you to take the, the journey with us and sign up for the year because if you sign up for the year, it's 12 months. It's not through December 31st. So you're going to get the early portions of next year's draft season included in your purchase now. So go to thedraftnetwork.com slash TDN dash premium and be the expert today. We'll be right back after this brief message to continue our discussion on who is OT5. Okay, Joe. Yeesh. Prince Tega, Lucas Nyang, or Josh Jones? You tell me. Um, why don't you set the scene with Prince Tega? Oh, because you know I like him more than you do. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so Prince Tega is raw. He's a redshirt senior. Uh, listed at six, uh, he checked in the senior bowl. I'm sorry, at six five three oh seven. Uh, Prince Tega is still new to football. Uh, he came over to the states and initially played basketball and got a, got in. I think his junior year of high school was when he first played football. So he's been playing football for five, six years, six six seven years now, and. Uh, you can tell that the arrow's pointing up with this player. You know, you take his 2017 tape, his 2018 tape, his 2019 tape. You continue to see him get better and more intentional with a lot of the same technique things that we were talking about with Austin Jackson. Uh, he is a mauler. He's very powerful. He's very dense. I like his short area movement skills. He's not the open space athlete that Austin Jackson is, but I think he's got better functional power because he's got better body control. And I think his short area skills, he covets real estate to a degree in which I really like for a guy who's still a quote unquote, somewhat raw player. He's not going to, He's not a dog chasing cars. He's not going to give up his landmarks to go overextend or chase a guy who's off in space. He's going to let you come to him and then, and then work with you. And there's still some punch placement issues there where his hands being able to get into the center of the chest and really stun that upfield push. That's still a big work in progress on him. And he gets busted with wide punches from time to time, or, or he'll miss really setting and finishing a hook with his outside slash inside hand, depending on where the blocks try to go. So I really like him. I'm higher on him than Joe. He's OT six for me right now, though, Joe. Um, 
I, I like Prince Tega, and I do think if you keep in mind that he's still new to the game and, and that uh, there's a really exciting athletic profile here and there's a lot of length and those types of things, you can get behind him as an eventual starter. Um, I think he's a more scheme-specific guy, and he's actually – I think he translates really nicely to a, a zone-blocking scheme where he can kind of take advantage of that lateral mil- mobility and his length and, and, and angles as well to create that movement that's going to be needed in, in the – in the run game. So I think that's just kind of where it comes to me with Prince tag is that I just don't know that I get a starter in year one or close to it. It's probably year two, year three before I could get really some dividends out of, out of him in terms of playing on the field. Um, and I just think that he's a little bit more projecty, which is okay. The NFL takes project, the offensive lineman in the top hundred every single year. I just think you have to be you know reasonable about when you're going to get some returns on him. Yeah, I think that's fair. And to expect him to step into a starting role early on and not have growing pains, uh, I think would be ambitious at best. Yes. And I guess what's interesting to me about this conversation, especially as we get to these next two guys, is that we're seeing OT5 getting mocked in the first round. And when you talk about a first round player, we're talking about a guy you think can start early on. And so that's why I think it's really important for us to kind of get into these guys and their forecast and talk about, okay, who should we, you know, in our viewpoint, be talking about as first round players. Right. All right. I want to get into one that I really like. Lucas Nyang. Thank you. Offensive tackle from TCU. You've been waiting for me to get into his tape for a while. And mm-hmm. uh, I finally, finally did the deep Especially dive. Because his season ended in like October, I know, dude. I know. I know. I know. I know. All right. What is he? Six seven, three twenty eight. Dude, dude can move, man. I that was the first thing that popped when I when I started watching him. Like he doesn't have the most like put together frame, you know. He's got some some weight he needs to clean up in the midsection and those types of things. But like he's a big dude with really long arms, and he can boogie. Like his lateral mobility, his ability to get into space, his ability to hit some longer poles and connect with moving targets is really really nice. And he's got a lot of power behind him. So he's big and he does give you the power that you're expecting for his body composition. So, uh, I mean, you got a big dude with long arms and good mobility. We've got a really good foundation of traits to work with right then and there. I think he's scheme versatile. I, I Like I mentioned, the mobility, the length, that translates well to zone blocking. But I think he can move bodies at the line of scrimmage if you needed him to widen gaps and really you know, move some guys against their will. I love that about him. Um so like that, just that foundation of traits is really, really good. Now, listen, he's, he's got his own share of issues in my opinion as well. Like his, his footwork and his pass sets is really, really inconsistent. I see a consistent false step where he just loves to pick up that right foot, that outside foot, even if he's, if he's lead stepping to the left on his own block or has to get into a vertical pass set, like he still kind of picks up that right foot and drops it really quick and then gets into a slide. Like he's got to clean that type of stuff up. I think he's got some some issues that he needs to overcome in terms of, like I talked about a little bit with Austin Jackson, not opening up those hips too soon and opening up rush lanes and being more consistent with his with his base. But I think the total package here is is more appealing to me than Jackson in terms of what he has to overcome versus what I think Jackson has to overcome. I think that this is this might be the guy that's really in the running to be my OT five. Well, and the thing with Nyang too is. He played the 2019 season with the labrum injury in his hip. Yeah, yeah. 
And you could tell if you go back and you watch his 2018 tape and compare it to his 2019 tape from a, like a movement skills and his hip range of motion when he's getting down in his set and his ability to do like drive catch on vertical sets, it was noticeably worse in 2019 because he was playing hurt. So you take all the things that you just said and then realize he's going to have more spring in his step when he's back to being healthy again. Really exciting. The, the hang up with him right tackle. I thought he got better with punch placement in his 2019 reps, which really helped and aided him. I thought I loved everything about him, except I thought his hands were late and they were all over the place in 2018. I thought the hands got a lot better and that helped him negate the fact that he had the hip restrictions with the injury that forced him to shut off, shut off his season prematurely. But yeah, man, like you said, he is a, Big body, he's fluid, he's mobile, he's forgotten about because he did not finish the season and he hasn't been to the all-star circuit. And I don't know what his testing status will be for the C or for the NFL Combine, but I feel comfortable him playing any kind of system. I feel comfortable with him any kind of passing concepts. He has the mobility and the length to be an effective deep set pass blocker in vertical passing offenses. He's got the short area mobility Mm -hmm. to win spacing initially and be effective in quick game. He can get out in space in the screen game. He can do so many different things and he's the forgotten guy. So I think if you put aside the fact that he didn't, didn't finish his season, he has the most impressive resume of any of the names that we're going to talk about on this show. Looks like we have some common ground here <laughs> when it comes to uh, Mr. Lucas Nang, who I think is a little bit forgotten right now. Like we hear buzz about J- Jackson and the next guy we're going to talk about Josh Jones, but like Niang, I don't know if it's just because he got hurt and didn't finish the year, but like he's not really part of the conversation, I think, at large. And, and I think he deserves to be. Yeah, I agree. Uh, Now let's bring it back to the last real name to consider here is Josh Jones uh, from Houston. And he is the name that's, you know, you see some top 20 buzz. He's another name that's popular for Miami at 26. Uh, I liked Jones more when I put him under the, the deep dive. When I put him under the microscope, I appreciated what he brings to the table. Uh, His footwork is where I get most hung up because for as light on his feet as he is and as fluid as Mm -hmm. his feet are, his pass sets are not good. (laughs) You Mm -hmm. watch the Oklahoma game and he's stepping forward before he's stepping backwards in order to get depth in his pass sets. But then he has that mobility to flip and run guys past, but he's he gets extended and he gets into chase mode because of how bad he is initially getting out of his stance at times. But you watch him railroad guys and run guys over and get stuck on blocks and just have the mobility to really stay sticky and finish. He's another high upside guy. I think he's he's right there for me with Prince Tega that Jones has more athleticism in his game. Tega's got more power in his game. But because Jones is more mobile... I think he finishes blocks a little bit better once he gets his hands fit. Yeah, six, what is he? Senior bully was 6'5, 3'11, 33 and 5'8 arms. Um, yeah, I, I, I like what you said there. Like, I, I think you summarized him pretty well, but 
I wanted to kind of just echo that he just sticks with blocks a little bit better than yeah. I expected. And, and I appreciate that about him. Um, here's the thing, right? So this is the big talking point, And this is where I get some caution with, with Josh Jones is we're talking about a four year starter at Houston born 97, right? He's a little bit of an older prospect. There's no, do you think that's a good thing when you have a guy that you feel like has some technical issues that need to be fixed? Do you like that they have four years of starting experience or do you get concerned that there's a lot of bad muscle memory uh, to, to deal with here? It's hard without the context of knowing what he was asked to do. Because from a college coach's perspective, we hear this a lot. College coach's job is not to get you ready to play at the next level. The college coach's job is to make sure you can adequately execute what they're going to ask you to do to help them win football games in college. So yes, muscle memory is a concern, but what if they didn't tell them to do anything? What if they're just like, yeah, okay, you know, here's your stance. You're going to block that guy. <laughs> God, he, he may have this big light bulb come on with an offensive line coach. that's like, no, you got to load your inside leg and you got to drive and catch yourself with your outside. Like, I didn't see a lot of drive catcher intentional pass sets with Jones at all. And it's so that's a, a double edged sword. That's difficult to glean. And it's hard to, unless you get a chance to talk to the player and ask him some football related questions about like techniques and fundamentals and, and what his thought process is on certain plays plays or reps it's really hard to draw that line in the sand and be like, this is a bad thing versus this is a good thing. Okay. So I like Josh Jones. Sounds like you like him too. Not necessarily love. We recognize that he has some issues. How do you, do you want to kind of reveal how we stack them up right now uh, and and see what common ground we have? Yes. Okay. I, I guess I'll go first. So I have it. I'll give you my entire top eight offensive tackles because okay, you're going to be good. so, you're gonna be so let, mad at me. <laughs> let's do them together. So you say yours and then I'll agree or disagree. Okay. So I'm, we're going to go one. My OT one. Yes. Yes. My, my OT one is Jedrick Wills. Yes. Top 10 grade. Okay. Yeah. That's easy. That's the easy one. Here's where you're going to get mad at me. My OT two is Andrew Thomas. It's dumb, but okay. <laughs> Are you all the way out, Kyle? Yeah, I'm all the way out. I'm out. I'm all the way out. Uh, Tristan Wirfs for me is OT2. Got Tristan Wirfs is OT3. Okay. I have Mekhi Becton as OT3. I have Mekhi Becton as OT4. And I have Andrew Thomas. Still a top 20 player, so nobody get pissy with me. (laughs) Andrew Thomas, top 20 player, OT4. All right. OT five this is the the theme of this podcast i have it right now and it is close but i have lucas nang as my ot5 that is correct my ot6 is josh jones from houston my ot6 is prince tega wanaho over josh jones okay my ot6 is prince tega wanaho and my my ot7 no Six. Yeah, OT. Oh no, because OT OT six is prince tega ot7 is josh jones and they're very close and then there's a little bit of a dip, and we get to Austin Jackson. Well, they're a big old dip here. Austin <laughs> Jackson might not beat out Ben Barch for me. Woo! Ben Barch's fundamentals were and technique at the Senior Bowl were outstanding. They were amazing for a D3 kid. He just needs to get a little bit stronger. 
can you uh, comment quickly? I know we got to go here, but uh, Sadiq Charles, Isaiah Wilson, how close are they to this discussion for you? Man, Isaiah Wilson's so stiff and heavy-footed for me. He's not my flavor. You know, take take what I don't like about Andrew Thomas and now give him bad technique. <laughs> so that's a, that's Isaiah Wilson for me, personally. I know some people like him, uh, but he's, he's just not my flavor of, of an offensive lineman. Redshirt sophomore. Sadiq Charles, have you ever heard of a guy that got suspended for six games, but the coach chose throughout the season when the six games were? It's like the Michael Divinity thing over there at LSU, man. (laughs) Because that's what happened with Sadiq this year. Beginning of the season, they're like, yeah, he's going to have some disciplinary actions. And then he missed six games, and it was like, yeah, we just kind of picked and chose what games he missed. (laughs) So all the good games he played, all the bad games he sat out. Oh, geez. So he's he's got some. He missed that Louisiana game, right? (laughs) Yeah, yeah, exactly. So he's got some, some red tape to sift through. Really toolsy. Uh, he might have one of the best sets of, of hips and, and lower body fluidity in the class, but he's got to get a lot stronger. He, his anchor is a problem. So if you're going to trot him out there and expect him to take on speed to power guys, you're going to be in for a rough ride just because he at six four two ninety five does not have the He's got the punch power, but his hands are often late, and then he doesn't have the the lower body strength to sit down and really eat up the the speed to power. All right, so there we have it. We've fleshed out OT five, and all subject to change. Right, we got the combine. We got right. some more information to learn on these players. That's uh, the beauty of the draft process. But that's going to do it for us today on the show. We really appreciate you guys tuning in. Uh, we're signing off for today. Tomorrow's a Valentine's Day pod. We'll do something special. For V Day, mm-hmm. profess our love. Looking forward to that. I'm Kyle Krabs with Joe Marino. Thanks as always for listening to the Draft Dudes Podcast.